You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. After the first season of Netflix's Russian Doll, it certainly didn't feel like the type of show that was like, okay, we're going to come back into a second season. I mean, it definitely had a one and done, and partially because it's kind of hard to do a second Groundhog's Day story, if you will, which the first one sort of explored that idea. This character who just, like, had to keep reliving the same day over and over again, only the difference is, you know, like poor Bill Murray, or who, you know, it sucked, but at least if he just had a normal day and went to bed at night, he'd just wake up and it was the beginning of the next day. Natasha Leanne's character in Russian Doll Season 1 is gonna die every single day. Something horrible is gonna happen to her and she's gonna die and it's gonna be, it's gonna be shitty. And it goes on for question mark how long? A long, long time. And Happy Death Day lady would have had great conversations with him. <laughs> in many ways, this is more in common with Happy Death Day in that sense. <laughs> yes, death is required to flip the day. But much, I'm glad you brought that up though, Michael, because like Happy Death Day, this in going, well, we're gonna do another story did not go, well, let's just do that again. They were like, we got to find some other kind of way to play with the time-space formula. And Russian Doll, where Natasha Leone is like, okay, that was over. She's back to her normal life. But is she? Because now, as she one day is on the train, about to celebrate her 40th birthday on the sixth train, she steps off and suddenly it's 1982, which, you know, actually sounds kind of cool. I'd love to go back to 1982 for like a day or two. It sounds awesome, especially if I could make a bunch of stock investment. But <laughs> it was in 1982 and uh, in the body of her mother, who we only kind of briefly saw more of a cameo than anything else by Chloe Savigny as Nora in the first season. But now every time we see Nadia, Natasha Leone, looks in a mirror, she sees her mom in instead of herself. And she's like, why is this happening again? Or why is something else weird happening with time and space again? And of course, like last season, she's not the only one either, as her friend Alan, who was also stuck in a time loop, played by Charlie Barnett, finds himself stuck in a loop as well, a time travel situation where he's in the body of his, I believe it's grandmother? Yeah, grandmother. But they're in different time periods, so they can't really interact in the same way they could in the last one. Well, different cities, too. It's not even New York. Yeah, exactly. She's in New York. He's in uh, Berlin, I believe. East Berlin. To some level, I think that they had a hard time bringing the, crushing these two stories together as conveniently and as well as they did in the first season. I mean, I'll, I'll say that I flat out think that Alan got kind of short shrift this season, <laughs> did not get as much time to, to tell their story. And when he did, it felt like, oh, shit, we better do some Alan story. That being said, this is really 
a show for fans of Natasha Leone and who want to see her in her raspy middle-aged Kathleen Turner voice be sexy and and smoke more cigarettes and like sometimes a single episode than every Quentin Tarantino movie combined. This is Russian Doll season two. Whether you like it or not, well, I'm kind of curious what you guys are going to think because whereas I I know I didn't think this was as good as the first season, I still really enjoyed it. But joining me is Spider Mike. Howdy, howdy. Neil. Hello. And Jordan. Hello. I found myself kind of this this whole thing kind of dragging in the middle where much like her character, Leon's character, I was going, what? Why are we here? I was incredibly disappointed. The first season was such a wow for me. It was like, wow, where did this come from kind of thing? Like, this thing's amazing. And I watched this season and even this whole the, this time travel and stuff doesn't play the same way I feel like it does. It's not neat enough for me to like really love it. And even the way it ends with her plotline was kind of just like, well, I guess. And Alan, like you said, Alan, it's like, what are you even doing? <laughs> his end of the plotline is literally his grandma saying the lesson. And it was yeah. like, what was the point of that? Like, I don't understand why we had to go through all that for you to just outright tell us what the lesson was. Like, you didn't even try to allude at it. You were just like, this is the lesson. And then that's the end of this plot line. I was like, what the fuck? Look, do you still not get it, Alan? Look, okay, here's what it is. Now get out of here, kid. You bother me. Literally, that's literally the scene, basically. (laughs) I thought the first season, which I did rewatch, is like a perfect modern show of our current times. I just thought it was so neatly done, concise, perfect. I was hesitant about thinking, how is a second season gonna start how trippy or weird is this gonna get and how appropriate it was released on 420 i really liked this i don't think it's as good as season one and yes one of my big problems is that alan's story doesn't quite intersect too well it doesn't drag anything down for me but i thought this was brilliant i found myself in a way kind of connecting more to Natasha Leon's character because I'm starting to kind of look back at shit with my own folks and dissect that. But I thought this was even maybe just a bit trippier because of the body occupying fans. I was shocked by the end reveal of the first episode. I thought this worked brilliantly. Uh, I was disappointed. In the season one, we're not sure if she's fixed or made any headway. It's a little baby cliffhanger. Like, you're not sure. We're shown two potential timelines that intersect, and they leave it there. This show starts off janky. Four years in the future, we don't even talk about the loops at all. I still enjoy the character, but they ramp her up to 11. Her dialogue is so overcooked. This is Jackie Mason and Kathleen Turner's voice box to the nth degree the whole like she's mumbling and doing partials and in the 80s she's dropping a lot of 2020 references and oh yeah no one gets it yeah they always just like tilt their head like a dog's been handed a telephone for a second but then never pursue it they're just like oh you're so wacky (laughs) yeah and it borrows from quantum leap but that's fine and i am totally accepting that we don't get a why in the first season I think it was needed now. When this comes up again, and Alan's late to the party, and it's completely different. You talk about when his grandmother just drops the lesson in his lap, but where is she when she does that is never even explained. She's out of time. There's utility workers behind time that work, and his grandmother just does that. He's totally fine with that, doesn't ask any fucking questions, whatever. Also, how was I supposed to know that was her grandma? his grandma? He <laughs> says grandma... 
Well, no, they, they appear earlier in the show. All of a sudden, they're just like, oh, by the way, this this was his grandma the whole time. And it was just like, what? <laughs> and we get to the end of the season, and there really wasn't a point. At least in the first season, she does do some growth and change. There was no point to her jaunts back and forth whatsoever, other than she was still kind of shitty to Ruthie at the end, because she's not there because of all this other stuff. So the why is, re- I think, way more important than season two. I didn't feel like season one finished its arc, but I really enjoyed season one way more than season two. So I need to explain that we were bringing up Ruth, played by Elizabeth Ashley, uh, and then Annie Murphy takes on a younger version of her, which I was happy. I love Annie Murphy to pieces, so I was very excited to see her in this, uh, who is like a very good friend of the family, basically. She was very good friends with her mom growing up. Her wannabe mom. They have a better relationship than she ever had with her mom. Exactly. And it's sort of become that substitute one. But what you're saying about like, you know, the way that their relationship ends up suffering for Natasha, Leon's character, I felt like that was sort of her karmic punishment to some degree for making some of the decisions she makes towards the end. And the whole last episode is called Matroska. I think I'm pronouncing that incorrectly, but which is another term for a Russian doll. And it's referring specifically to just these lineage of women generations here, you know, which even for Alan, I guess, kind of follows. I think the problem is with the season, I don't even know if it's a problem for some, but it makes all the points that we're looking for that were on the surface in the first season, subtext and metaphorical. There's a lot of stuff here that's just like doesn't follow in any linear sort of way in terms of the stuff they've given us. Like they tell us early on anything that you take to time, like if you go grab something from the past and and go back through the subway to the future, it's not going to be there. But then later, just because they need it to happen for the plot, something does. <laughs> and there's that, that's never explained. Well, the explanation is kind of random because the idea is that whatever you're wearing doesn't travel through because since it's like Quantum Leap, she's wearing whatever her mom's wearing, which is the reason her she doesn't have her phone because she has whatever her mom has at that exact moment. But it doesn't explain why you can take the exact thing that gets taken <laughs> At the end of that part. There's a little points like that, and I think that it gets a little confused with what it's ultimately trying to say here. I do love Natasha Leone. I think she, I find her very funny. I would watch her do almost anything as this character, because she's hysterical to me. But the show name checks continuously, like philosophy and existentialism and all these things that you have to stop the damn thing and Wikipedia to figure out what the hell it's even talking about. I found it weird that with all this coming up, my ADHD rattled ass wasn't going to be able to follow it. I followed it perfectly. I personally found that approach very compelling because of the continuing theme of trying to change your destiny, trying to break a cycle of bad behavior that's familial in its lineage, and ultimately discovering it's like, maybe this was all supposed to happen. What the fuck am I thinking? I mean, I found that kind of lazy myself. I was like, okay, really? I never got any sense of closure through any of the overarching points that they're they're trying to get to here at all. I did think visually it was gorgeous at points, and there were some really neat ideas. The last two episodes are really cool with all the stuff that they experiment and try, but literally the MacGuffin of the whole thing, a bag of gold coins, becomes just another thing in there. We're trying to make a point <laughs> at the end, and it's kind of as a viewer frustrating to watch that happen i completely agree with you chris because what I lo- the first season i loved its entire thing 
the way it wraps up, even if it feels like a, maybe a baby cliffhanger, Neil, it still feels like an ending. Like, it feels like a perfect, just, like, hope for the future kind of thing. And we'll see how life, where life takes us. And the second season, yeah, like Jordan was saying, is very much like viewing the past, seeing life, the things that your, your family's gone through, how it shaped it, how it shaped where you've gotten to your point, how it shaped they themselves once they get to the end, and how sometimes you can't change your upbringing you just have to move on with where you're at now. But it was like, you went a long way to, to get there. You easily could have gotten there a lot earlier. Like, because Alan's thing gets there in, like, a couple seconds, it feels like, compared to Nadia's entire long escapade that just doesn't really feel like it comes to an actual conclusion that's satisfying. Because by the time it's done, you're just like, what was the point of all that? All The entire point of that was just to make Nadia have a shitty time. The only really interesting thing they're setting up with Alan's character is that he's kind of finding that he likes being in a woman's body, and he's liking having this relationship with a man, and they start to present some questions about that and who Alan is as a person, and then they completely abandon it. And speaking as the one trans person on this review, I was curious as to if they were going to go in that route but it's just like uh... they set it up and they just didn't do anything to address it after that which would have been fine in a show that definitely is going to have a third season but no no i fully agree i wish it would have done a little bit more exploration on that the fact they set it up so big only to do nothing with it at all it was frustrating, and they, I feel like there's a lot of that going on in this season. Uh, there's uh, weird questions about the strange homeless guy, what's his name, Horse or whatever? Yeah, Horse. Yeah, who in the first season is not at all the same type of character he is here, where here he's like, I don't know, Loki or some shit? I'm not even sure. Yeah. He's like Mr. Mixiel Spitlick, just like fucking with him. You're like, give me $20, and I'll tell you what you need to know. You're like, what's happening? He's everywhere and every win, and broken for it i don't yeah they ramped him up in a couple episodes and it's like is he important i don't know i think on paper this the concept was good but when they started trying to flesh it out and then film it it gets diluted they lean on her performance more than the story they try to explain it by her grandmother saying some shit in life is unexplainable oh okay okay we're good (laughs) that's That's, not it that's that's it and the only person in her family that's really off track, who is a major influence, is her mom. But her grandmother, her aunt, her grandmother's best friend, they got their shit together. They're strong. They're smart. For some reason, her mom deviates from that path, and she's trying to course correct. Ruthie's only fault is just smoking for too many years, really. Constantly. Yeah. <laughs> Other than that, like it's she's trying to course correct her mom. I think this season bit off a lot more than it can chew, and it certainly it more work. characters than it knew what to do with. I mean, there's a lot of sidekick like Shalto Copley. Probably gets more to do than any of the other supporting characters here, but it's still not a lot. He's in there for like two episodes and they kind of bring him back briefly, thinking that, oh, you're going to see more of him. But no, or Ephraim Sykes as a member of the Guardian's Angels, that they sort of feel like they're setting up to be, to have some sort of important role, especially when this thing talking about morals and ethics, like in the subtext here. And no, not really. <laughs> I mean, I did I enjoy getting a little bit more Gretely as Maxine. Nadia's friend, especially with the shenanigans they get up to in uh, Budapest. But yeah, I, I do agree. This season does get off track in so many ways. But at the end, like, I I found the ending really powerful. I thought it was nicely well done with that perfect use of Pink Floyd. 
That was the one thing that got me only because that song is my number one nostalgia song in the whole world. And every time I hear it, I feel all fucking verklempt and like upset because I remember high school. But then I got mad at myself watching the show. I was like, no, no, show doesn't get credit for this feeling. That's just Pink (laughs) Floyd. There was so much that set up that just doesn't go anywhere. Like you guys mentioned, even some stuff with Ruthie was almost hinting at maybe that she had some sort of love for Nora in some way. I felt like it was hinting towards some stuff with that with her last husband dying and the way she was acting with Nora. Again, it just doesn't feel like it is willing to pull the trigger on those sorts of things. And Alan's entire thing is so just not really there that it's just that much more disappointing that the one thing that was somewhat interesting about his plotline didn't go anywhere. And then there's some stuff that just randomly connects Like, you find out the guy in 1982 who runs the store is the dad of the guy who runs the store present day. Like, that just happens. And you're just like, how was I supposed to, like, okay, I guess. (laughs) You're just, it's just, like, starts throwing stuff at you randomly. And it's like, that makes, like, that's a meaningful thing, right? I'm like, is it? I don't really think it is. This feels like just contractual obligation, Alan, and nothing else. Like, we got to find something for him to do, because you could easily take him out of this whole story entirely and not notice that he wasn't there. Well, he's sort of a little bit. He's Jiminy Cricket because he's telling her you shouldn't do this. This isn't (laughs) right. But that's the most he does. Season one got a lot of praise deservedly. It was about Natasha Lyonne kind of making a comeback. The uniqueness of the show, even though it falls into the Groundhog Day subgenre. This season, all you've seen online. Why is Rosie O'Donnell in the credits? Where is she? Is what's got the press, not the story, not Natasha, not any of that. I mean, that's kind of telling of that surprise credit in there drew more attention than anything else. Fair. Well, why don't you go on to your final thoughts, Neil? I went in with high hopes, and while this disappointed, I wouldn't say it was terrible or anything like that. Again, on paper, they had some cool ideas. I'm a child of the 80s like Chris is, so it was like cool. It didn't feel like they just shoved big hair and leg warmers down your throat. Like, this is the 80s, right? They, they do it with subway ads and subtle things, but they dedicated a lot of energy into Nadia's dialogue and her performances. She kind of sucks the energy out of everything. I don't think they meant to, but it pulls everything. They're going back to 1982 New York, 1962 East West Berlin, or going back to 1948 Budapest, current day Budapest. We're like all over the place, but it's still her pulling all that energy in and it doesn't quite get there. I didn't need a why in season one. I really felt like I needed a why in season two. Why are Alan and Nadia even connected? We don't get any little threads of that. And I think the grandmother's line of sometimes shit can't be explained is them just like, move on, deal with it, enjoy it. <laughs> I hadn't heard it's going to be season three. I'll still tune in, just see where that crazy ride goes. But I'm going to give it five out of ten subway tokens. Spider Mike. I was so disappointed in the season. I loved the first season so much that I ended up watching that season twice. And then I watched it again before this came out. And I was very, very excited about this to see what they would do with it. By the time I was done, I was like, I what was the point of all this? Because at the end of season one, I was so just excited with how everything played out and how everything mixed together for both of these characters. Or when this one was done, I was just exhausted. So bummed out for both of the characters immensely that I was just like, you didn't need to go through any of this because you've learned so little for the sheer amount of shit you had to go through compared to the first season and it kind of ruins the message of the first season in my opinion when it comes to the hope of the future for these two characters and so the music was great as always i'm such a big fan of the very simplistic soundtrack that it has in a lot of sequences as well as just the trippy ass sequences there's this great trippy sequence there in budapest and it's this great little moment 
it's just a great sequence, but it doesn't really add too much to it, I feel. But I feel like that's a good way of explaining the season. It has great sequences, but it doesn't really add anything. I would personally have to give it 7 out of 10 endless video loops when you're in front of the camera. Jordan. I definitely feel like the odd woman out here because uh, I really do love this season. It's my favorite bit of television so far this year. I did find it confusing at first a bit. And I do admit the ending isn't too perfect with the whole shit happens. I was like, sometimes I would like an answer. Sometimes it's not needed. Here, I would have kind of liked an answer. And Alan does get less to do. I still enjoy Alan whenever he's on. It was great to see Sharto Copley again for the first time in a while. I did find this to be a messy, if not interesting, package. Natasha Leon is still great. The writing, for the most part, keeps up. I found it utterly fascinating. And I got through it in one day. It is an easy watch. And the ending, mixed on the explanation, but also just the cinematography, perfect. I'm going to give it 8 out of 10 Israeli cigarettes. This is seven half-hour episodes, so, you know, it's a pretty easy watch for almost anyone. Even if you're not totally digging it, you're, you're like, it's seven half-hour episodes. <laughs> That's not a lot to slog through. And honestly, it's more enjoyable than not just for me, because of how big a fan I am Natasha Leone and her whole style of comedy. The Hasidic humor, self-depreciating, but also cynical about everyone. I mean, she's very funny lady, always has been. And here, just like in the first season, that's played to great effect. But I would have liked this more if I hadn't already seen the first season, which I thought kind of nailed it on every level. And this is felt like they're coasting on the success of the first one and now can do more of the, like I say, very cerebral stuff they want to experiment with that they really want to do. The problem is, is that they're forgetting to tell the primary story. And I, Jordan, you were saying we were confused. I don't think any of us were ever confused what was happening. It just didn't really fit together. It was one, this doesn't lead to that, so why is this even here? And just in terms of storytelling, there's so many characters that don't even need to be in this <laughs> whatsoever. This could have easily been half the length it was. And I think it would have been maybe not too bad. I would have liked a lot more if it was like, okay, we're doing four episodes. That probably would have been perfect for this. But yeah, there's just a lot of, okay. And then, of course, it eventually does the thing that all time travel stories eventually have to do, which is why I'm going to give this six out of ten memberships to Starfleet that Natasha Leone's character will uh, prepare for herself next season. Because, you know, once you're in Starfleet and you start time traveling, inevitably you end up with Nazis everywhere. Okay, but <laughs> now I would definitely love Natasha Leone to fuck shit up with Marimer on Lower Decks. I want that now. <laughs> Here's the thing that I appreciate immensely about Nadia. Unlike most time travelers, the first time somebody hit on her, she immediately tried to fuck that guy. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, but there was no one around to give her the rules at that point. She's just sure. like, I don't care what's happening. I'm probably just really fucked up somewhere, so I'm just going with this. <laughs> and I can appreciate that. 